Good morning. Everybody okay this morning? Should we start with a song? I think we should. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Let's pray. Father God, wonderful Jesus, thank you for welcoming us into your church this morning. Thank you for giving us this time where we can hopefully get rid of all the stuff that's going around in our heads and concentrate on you and concentrate on our relationship with you and concentrate on our future with you. Father, thank you for being such a loving God. Thank you for showing us that in so many ways. And Lord Jesus, words can't express what you've done for us, what you do for us, and we so long for the day when we'll see you face to face and we can thank you personally. Please hasten that day, bring it soon. Bless what we do this morning, please, Father. Bless our reading, bless our singing, and please look over me as I try to lead our church to what I think we need to be thinking about today. Good morning, good to see you all here, and it's great to welcome amongst us Roger and Dumbrina. So, so good to see Pete and Jan with us for a second week in a row. Uh, it's good that Tim is here, and Julie and Ben, and uh, anybody else who's turned up I've not seen and welcomed, it's good to see you all. And here is the care news provided for this week. Jess Sykes broke her finger playing rounders at Bethel 2015, so she's been able to work this week and she's due to be in the fracture clinic tomorrow. Jess's sister Emily has had a difficult week with her back and she's waiting for a physio appointment. Andrew was in contact with Pauline Price yesterday and she is okay. Helen was in hospital yesterday having an injection in her hand for arthritis, but she still hopes to run in the Manchester 10K today. Jack was out on Thursday night at Bible class, so it was good to see Jack. We remember all of our family who are unable to be with us and pray God will be very close to them. We also pray that God will guide our new government, that they govern with love and compassion to all in our society. Uh, Nikki contacted Anne this morning and asked for our prayers for Sam and all those who support Sam. He's having another tough time at the moment. And the final is just a reminder that on Saturday, Jess is going to get baptised. So that's going to be in here at 7 o'clock next Saturday. It'd be great to see you all there. Trevor's asked me if I will lead the pastoral prayer. If there are any things you'd like us to pray about, please let me know now and we shall include that in our prayer. Okay, if you'd like to remain seated, then we will bring all these things to our Father. Gracious and compassionate Lord God, in many ways, and especially through your Son, you teach us, you command us, you encourage us to love one another. And that comes out in so many different ways. But right here, Father, right now, we bring to you family, brothers, sisters, friends, people we possibly don't really know. We bring them to you, Lord, because there are things we want to ask you to do. 
Father, we pray for Jess and for Dominic, who have got broken bones in their bodies. I've never had a broken bone, so I don't really know how painful that is, but I imagine it has been painful and awkward and makes things difficult to do. Father, please just heal them and make their bones go back the way they should be. You've blessed us with a marvellous body that can heal itself in so many ways. But nonetheless, you have created it and it is your body that you have made us. We think of Emily who has hurt her back and she's again in discomfort and waiting to see somebody who's been trained to help. Father, I pray that that meeting goes well and that Emily's back can feel better. It's good that we know that Pauline is doing okay and thank you, Father, for surrounding her with people who look after her and help her. We think of Helen who... It's probably a bit concerned that she might be having arthritis in her hand and having to have injections to deal with that. But yeah, it still has the energy to go out today and to run. And I imagine, knowing Helen, she's running for other people to make their lives better. So bless Helen on that run, along with all the people that Trevor knows as well who are running. Keep them safe and give them the determination to succeed. Father, again, we thank you for continuing to heal Jack and to allow him to get out and do more things. Jack is such a great witness to you, Lord, and continue to bless him in all the work that he will be doing. Father, we think of Sam, and we know he has a tough time at school, and that feeds into Nicky, into Jacob, and... There are lots of people who are trying to help Sam. Give them the strength and the energy, the encouragement, the love to keep helping him. And anything that we can do too, Father. We bring Heather's mother, Barbara, to you, who's having a pretty big operation. And Shirley as well. It will be scary for them and it will be scary for their family. And not knowing quite how things are going to work out. Comfort them, Lord, we pray. Be involved in their lives. We think of all our young people who are due to be doing exams. And no matter how many people tell them, it's okay, it's not going to be too hard, it's not important, just doing exams, we know, Father, is tough. And our minds can make us stressed and worried. Help them to be at peace, Father. Encourage those who are around them to do what they can to make their lives easier at this time. And the last two things, Father, I guess, are just massive things, big, you know, big things that may or may not affect us. People around the world have been remembering those who died in the Second World War and the end of that war but yet war still continues in this world people still continue to lose family and loved ones it seems there is no solution to man hating each other and wanting to kill each other and to fight each other other than your son coming back Lord all our hope and our trust lie with you and your son Please send him back soon so that your kingdom can be set up and he can rule. But until that time, 
bless the new government in this land. May they have a heart of compassion and care for the people they are ruling over. Father, we've brought to you young people and old people and all sorts of different people, governments and institutions, massive issues. You are God and you know about all these things and you are involved. That should give us some peace and comfort and we thank you for that knowledge, Father. Amen. And you know what is going on and you can see what's happening in the world. Very shortly we're going to take up our collections. We're going to um, take our collection for the general fund. But today we have a special collection and that's for um, hopefully to try and help in some small way the events that have recently taken place in Nepal. Um, I make no apology that as this <coughs> second bag will go round I'm going to put some pictures on the screen because I think I, can, I for one can just easily forget what's going on and can easily forget what people are going through. There's one picture towards the end, which is a group of people on the top of a mountain with some boxes by the side of them. And that's just after some food and supplies has been airlifted in from Indian aircraft. And I think it does sort of give us an idea of the little bit of hope that some of these people are feeling. So, first of all, we need to pray as the bags are going round for the people who've lost family, friends. But we also need to think about how we can do whatever we can to try and support um, the efforts that are going on worldwide to try and get people back on their feet in times of difficulty. So, first of all, for the General Fund, and the second for Nepal. So, I think for anyone who was around at Bethel 2015 last weekend, it's fair to say I think we were all challenged in various ways by some of the ideas that Andrew put across. Um, and for anybody who hasn't heard what Andrew said in those talks, whether you agree with them or whether you don't, I think they're worth a listen because I think the challenges, and I think that's, that's really positive. The one thing it did do for me was it definitely made me think. And the one thing I know coming out of it is I, for one, need to be more Christ-like. We need to see more of Christ through us in the world today. We need to be more jesus in the physical and in the spiritual sense. So last weekend we thought about what it means to have sin put behind us and to be focusing in on a different mindset, one of freedom, one of service, in a certain knowledge of salvation. And Jesus being the first of many to follow. What surprised me as I was prepping for our session, and I make no apologies for using some of it again briefly, was how many positive statements there are that we just, I can just wash over. So I'm just going to run through some of them very briefly and just literally read them to you, just so that we get a picture of the relationship that we have with our God and with our Saviour. And then some of the things, hopefully in a few minutes, I'm going to challenge you with, just remember these as that happens, okay? You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Entering into this fullness of Christ is not something you figure out or achieve. No, you're already in. God has brought you alive, right along with Christ. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, 
Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master Jesus Christ and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved Son. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I think we need to see this one, say this one together. Ready? And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a short verse, but it changes lives. And as we go through the next section... Just remember those verses. I almost feel like I need to apologise for how quickly we went through them. Because actually each one we could really dwell on. But just remember freedom. Just remember being saved. And just remember the fact that this is all done through our God and through our Saviour, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. As in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him. So, just in case we need reminding, but I'm doing it anyway, there's loads of positive statements in the Bible. There's loads of things that actually reach out to us and tell us, you are loved. And you were loved before the foundation of the world. By no coincidence, because actually I don't believe in coincidence anymore, already we've talked about the return of Christ in this service at least three or four times. And I believe Jesus is coming back. And I believe Jesus is coming back soon. I don't know when, but I believe Jesus is ready to return. And this morning's about, are you, am I, ready to receive him back? We're going to read a few readings this morning. The first of which comes from Thessalonians. And it's from 1 Thessalonians. We're going to start at verse, at chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 16 and we're going to go right through to the end of chapter 5. ...will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel and with a triumph of, triumph, trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. 
Therefore, encourage each other within these words. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them. Suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that you should... So that, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not, need, we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as breastplates. And on the hope of salvation as the helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are asleep or awake, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now, as we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everybody. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the spirits. Do not put out the spirits fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you, in, calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers, pray for this. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss, I charge you, before the Lord to have this letter read to all of the brothers. The grace of, God, Lord, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So just following on the theme of positive statements... May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So, the letter has been read as we were requested to do. We know that Jesus is coming back. And I, for one, have to remind myself that that could be immediate. It could be today. It could be before this service ends. So this morning, I want to challenge me, and therefore, please join in. How do we address that? How do we feel about that? What difference does it make? How do we engage? And as such... Do we really feel like the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with us? 
think we've seen it already this morning. The evidence is all around us that the world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus quickly. It needs a saviour. It needs someone to sort things out. And as Steve said in his prayer, there's only one person who can do that, and that's the return of Christ. So, do you feel like you're rejoicing always? Are you praying continually? Are you giving thanks in all circumstances? Jesus is coming back. There's no doubt about that. The question is, are you ready? For the first time, a few months since. And I've got to say, at the time I saw it, it hit me hard. And it made me think. And then I did what I can tend to do, I forgot about it. Okay, I will take straight away that some of the people in the room might not agree with the way that was presented and the way in which it was portrayed and that might not be a correct, exact representation of scripture and can I ask you kindly, please park those thoughts. Okay? Because the Bible says the following. The exact day and hour, no one knows that. Not even heaven's angels, not even the Son, only the Father knows. The arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carry on as usual, having a good time right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept them away. The Son of Man's arrival will be like that. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, one left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left behind. So stay awake, stay alert. You've got no idea what day your master will show up. But you do know this. You know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar had arrived, he'd have been there with his dogs to prevent the breaking. Be vigilant just like that. You've got no idea when Jesus is coming back. See, if you take those words from Thessalonians and take them literally as it's written, it could be just like that. It could be exactly like that. And the thing that video did for me was it helped because I'm a visual person. I can hear words all day long, but I can't create pictures. I can create that picture, and that frightened me. But should it frighten me? The events of this week actually brought that video back into my mind. And a few times I've rerun it in my mind and various quotes started reappearing that I'd stopped thinking about. So, how does that that we've just seen, how do those words that we've just heard make us feel? It could be a little bit like this. It could be we're frightened. It could be we're worried. It could be it leaves us on edge. And it could be, well actually, do you know what? That would just be inconvenient if Jesus came back now. Because there's stuff I need to do, there's stuff I'm planning, I'm in the middle of this, I'm in the middle of that, I'm in the middle of the other. And actually, do you know what? I won't say I don't care, but at this moment, I can't deal with it. It could make us apprehensive. It could make us expectant. 
we could be eager anyway we could be excited are we desperate for his return desperate for his return it's all we think about it all, it's all that fills our minds it's the only thing that's keeping us going See, what prompted these thoughts was what happened on Thursday. And then you'll see how Trev's mind works. Apologies. <coughs> because it was the run-up to Thursday's events that actually kicked this, all fall again, kicked this all off again. And there's one phrase that's been going around in my head. And that phrase is, making your calling and election sure. Spot the link, Yeah. And actually, it's that election that I think we really need to concentrate on. And let's be clear, I'm not at this point getting into a discussion about whether Christians should or shouldn't vote. Right? That is not part of what this is about. It really made me think about what that phrase, making your calling and election sure, was talking about. So I think we believe in a gospel of grace we believe that God meets us where we are and deals with us as individuals and he makes us with our permission into something we could never be without him see grace is God's unmerited favour it's kindness from God that we do not deserve in any way shape or form and it gives us a hope in the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ that we could never be part of otherwise. There's nothing we've done, nothing we can earn. It's a gift. It's something we can just absorb and take. Grace is divine assistance where we can't solve it ourselves. So here's the point where you go into Trev's head. So apologies. How does that tie into us needing to make our calling and election sure? Because if grace solves the problem, do I still need to do something? Because if I do need to do something, I better be getting on with doing it. Because if I don't get on with doing it, then I'm... See where I'm going? There is nothing we can do to make God love us anymore. The evidence is in front of us. Bread and wine. God's done it already. Jesus has done it already. He's been raised from the dead and now he's waiting for God's instruction to come back. Okay. So in my mind, as I was thinking about this, I'm still struggling with the, I need to do, I need to accept. I need to believe. I need to sort it out. And I was keeping swinging from one to the other. Yeah? Okay, apologies for a little bit of work speak for a minute, but hopefully this will start to make sense. We've been interviewing this week at work, and we've been bringing various people in for four or five roles that we're currently recruiting for. Um, and one thing we're very keen on, because allegedly even though Deb might not agree, we're quite an organised group of people. So, um... What we need to do is understand how people prioritise. 
have people decide what are the things they're going to do first, all that sort of business. So one thing I was shown quite a while since was what's called the urgency importance model. So, okay, anybody who doesn't like techno speak, please switch off for about three minutes. Urgency versus importance. So we talked about urgency again last weekend, and there is nothing we need to be more urgent about than the return of Jesus. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? So it's differentiating between what's urgent and what's important. Urgent tasks assume importance as they demand immediate attention. Important tasks may become urgent if left undone. Please come back out of that thought process that you're now thinking, I should have done this, I should have done that, I should have done the other. To judge importance versus urgency, what you need to do is gauge tasks in terms of the impact of doing them against the effect of not doing them. And what you end up with is you end up with a model that looks something like that. Has anybody seen that before? Yeah. There's a few few nods in the room. Um, So, quick explanation if anybody hasn't seen it before. If it's something that's really, really urgent, and if it's something that's really, really important that you cannot leave, let's just do a quick test. Which box do you put it in? Yeah. That one. Top right-hand corner. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do a little few tests. And if anybody wants to feedback, that would be great. Otherwise, I'll look a bit silly stood up here. Right, so urgency versus importance. Okay, Um, eating food. (laughs) Top left? Yeah. Depending on the time of day and how long it's the last time. Okay. Just checking round, okay. Looking after our children. Nobody's listening, you're safe, go on. Where are we going? My son says, bottom left. And he's right, no. (laughs) Sorry, Zach. Watching football. It's not even on the chart, let it go. Gardening. Is it worrying the fact that every time at our house, which is, I think it's fair to say, in a reasonable state of dishevelment, I look outside and I'm sure that grass is growing at least an inch a day. And therefore it needs cutting. It's not going to happen, but there we go. Gardening, where would it fit? Yeah, good shout, good shout. Um, Watching TV. Bottom left, okay. Um, Going to work. Sorry, that's not the journey. That's the going to work and doing work while you're there. Yep, okay, cool. Um, Decorating your house. (laughs) (laughs) Decorating my house. (laughs) Decorating your house. So I'm going to be clear and say bottom left. Just so we're clear, bottom left, yeah? <laughs> okay, following Jesus. It's all right, a little bit too long there, guys, yeah? But you get the idea. You see where I'm going, okay? See, when I think about getting ready for the return of Jesus, although I believe in the gospel of grace that I've just talked about, 
There's times when I slip back into I've got to create a task list and I've got to think about where on there it fits and how I do it. And if I'm always doing following Jesus urgent and important top right, how does anything else fit in at all? And I think for me that's a challenge. You might be fine with it, but for me I struggle with that. And what I do is I slip straight into what I think I'm really good at doing, which is trying to solve it all myself and trying to work it all out. Trying to control things, trying to create order, trying to be in charge, trying to prioritise, trying to get an answer that I can fix. Okay, there's then another layer we need to drop onto that. So the other layer we need to drop in is, who is the person that's asking the question? Who is the person that's giving you the task? So, sorry. For example, if Debbie asked me to do something, Debbie will tell you that I drop absolutely everything immediately and I do it. That is a face of disbelief. <laughs> it's okay, maybe something I need to work on. Right, okay. When my boss, my main board director, comes, as he does frequently and sits at the side of my desk and wants a conversation about something that we need to fix urgently, you might guess correctly, I don't turn to him and say, Phil, could you do us a favour? Can you please go back, talk to your secretary, ask your secretary to check my Outlook diary. When you've checked the Outlook diary, please can you make an appointment and then come and talk to me? Because I would pick up my P45 and leave very quickly. Now, what I do is I sit there and I listen to what Phil's got to say, at which point we'll have a discussion, and then, in all honesty, we'll then potentially spend the rest of the day sorting out what he's asked us to do, because that's how it works. Who asks us is important. What they ask us is even more important. So what about when the creator of the earth gives his son for us and we're asked to follow his example and put him first? Urgent, important, off the scale, yeah. So why do we all convince ourselves that actually, do you know what, it ends up somewhere else? Or is it just me? And then there's the conundrum that again goes back around in my head, that God tells me I'm saved, if I believe in a gospel of grace it's done anyway, isn't it? And sorry, if this comes out like I'm just going back around in circles... That's what my head does. So what are the characteristics of people who are ready for the kingdom? Because I think this morning is about each one of us challenging ourselves to understand what we need to do to increase the urgency and increase the importance of seeing ourselves as exactly that. And that is kingdom-ready people. You know in a few moments we're going to share bread and wine together. But what we're going to do first is we're going to hear a couple of readings. And I'd like you to focus in on what these two people will read to you. They're actually going to read the same chapter to you. They're going to read Second Peter chapter 1, which, you know when we talked about calling, making your calling an election show? That's where it comes from. And the first person, Julia, is going to read it for us, and she's going to read it out the New International Version. And then Neil's going to come up and Neil's going to read it for us out of the message. And I think, hopefully, it will give us a few things to think about.
Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never, fail, never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. The prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I write this to you, whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours, all due to our God's straight dealing and the intervention of our God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know, personally and intimately, the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. 
So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off, do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing, the streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders, and I'm sticking to it as long as I live. I know the time to die soon. The Master has made that quite clear to me. And so I'm especially eager that you have all this down in black and white so that after I die, you'll have it for ready reference. We weren't, you know, just wishing on a star when we laid the facts out before you regarding the powerful return of our Master, Jesus Christ. We were there for the preview. We saw it with our own eyes. Jesus, resplendent with light from God the Father, as the voice of majestic glory spoke. This is my Son, marked by my love, focused of all my delight. We were there on the holy mountain with him. We heard the voice out of heaven with our very own ears. We couldn't be more sure of what we saw and heard. God's glory. God's voice. The prophetic word was confirmed to us. You'll do well to keep focusing on it. It's the one light you have in a dark time as you wait for daybreak and the rising of the morning star in your hearts. The main thing to keep in mind here is that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of private opinion. And why? Because it's not something concocted in the human heart. Prophecy resulted when the Holy Spirit prompted men and women to speak God's word. Goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you, your tickets to a participation in the life of God. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off, do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave you just for a few minutes, just to think about what I've talked about. To think about your readiness for Jesus. But more than that, to also, before we share bread and wine together... To think about how thankful we are for what we're about to do. To remember a saviour who died for us. And to remember a father who loved us 
before the world began. Lord God, we come now to break bread. And this ordinary piece of bread takes on an extraordinary significance for us. It means lots of different things to us, to us personally, to us as a body of believers. Lord, in the bread we see a symbol of the body of Jesus who died on the cross for us. We see a reminder of that body raised and empowered with new life. And Lord, we we thank you for his sacrifice and we thank you for his new life and for all that means to us. Lord, we pray that you will strengthen us to be like him. We pray that you will fill us with all that he is. But Lord, we don't just remember the past and we don't just pray for strength now, but Lord, we look to the future when we will see Jesus face to face as our present King and Lord. And we pray that that time will come soon. Lord, bless this bread to us each, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Made us so complicated, so amazing. But there is also... In this complicatedness, there is a mess inside us, inside all of us. Father, thank you for showing us you still love us in an unquestionable, obvious way. That you did something so extreme to shout at us almost that you love us. I'm sorry we needed that, Father. Father, you unquestionably have rescued us, want to hold on to us. You've shown us that. And you challenge us as well, Father. And I think you want us to Share the challenge you feel. I think you want us to work in our lives, not to prove we should be saved because you love us, but I think you want us to understand how you feel, Father. 
Father, help us to stay close to you. Thank you for what you've done, what you've shown us. Amen.